0: episode of Interactive Insights. I'm Lindsay Anderson and I'm an Associate Director here at MKB Law and I'm joined by my colleague Maria Conway. We both specialise in all aspects of commercial law but today we are going to have a brief discussion in relation to the business tenancies orders and what protections are available for both landlords and tenants under the NI legislation. So I think a good place probably Maria to get started is simply what kind of protections are available to business tenants Thanks for the introduction there, Lindsay. As you said there at the
1: outset, the principal legislation in Northern Ireland is the Business Tenancies Northern Ireland Order. It's basically intended to give tenants security of tenure. In plain English, this is really the right of a tenant of a property to occupy it after a lease expires, unless a court should order otherwise.
0: Are there any exemptions in Northern Ireland through the business tenancies? Because I know in England and Wales there's similar legislation you can opt out of.
1: Yeah, in the, the rest of the UK there's a facility whereby you know landlords and tenants can, can contract out of the legislation that applies there. In this jurisdiction the ability to contract out is pretty rigid. Now, the starting point, really, whether you're acting for uh, a landlord or a tenant is actually to establish whether the legislation applies and whether actually you might fall into one of those uh, exceptions. Like For example, it only applies to tenancies, not licences or tenancies at will. So sometimes clients might be given by a landlord or an agent uh, a licence to occupy or a tenancy uh, at will. The distinction though when it comes to that isn't necessarily the document itself but actually rather the concept of exclusive possession so as a landlord or a tenant it's important to take advice before you enter into any contract of that nature just to ensure that you know protection maybe isn't afforded where it's not intended Obviously. or uh you know if a tenant you know does anticipate that they're going to stay in a property long term uh that you know they they don't find themselves uh, not been able to avail of the protection as well. Another key point is that the property actually must be business premises. It only applies to premises, but that can be uh, open space. And we have been involved in cases where, for example, like a surface car park falls uh, within the, the description of premises. Yeah, the business definition under
0: the legislation is quite wide.
1: It is. Sometimes we do have to look to case law to, to try and identify maybe, you know, what falls within the category of a, a business. Another thing as well is that some people, you know, seem to think that they must physically occupy the the, the premises themselves. Whilst occupation is a uh, Important, You know, it could be if you have a tenant there that is a, a limited company, if it's occupied by their staff in connection with a the business, then the, the protection is there provided. There's uh, obviously, you know, the other criteria is met. There's also uh, other certain tenancies which are excluded. So, for example, agricultural tenancies. So, in Northern Ireland in particular, you'll find that a lot of land is occupied under what's called Conacre agreements. So, these are intended to be, you know, short-term lets, you know, where a landowner can recover uh, possession pretty pretty quickly. In addition, then a term of a tenancy not exceeding nine months falls outside the legislation now, maybe you should caveat that to say that uh, it's not simply a case that a landlord can grant a, a series of nine-month tenancies. The other thing we find uh, regularly that, you know, a landlord is possibly alive to uh, the, the term at the outset and then whether it be through, you know, being busy uh, elsewhere, overlook that maybe a tenant has actually remained in uh, occupation of the property. Yep. So, you know. You could grant, for example, like two nine-month tenancies, but as soon as then the the tenant is in occupation, beyond those 18 months, they're going to to be entitled to request a a new lease under the the legislation. We do find that's a, a pitfall for landlords now is that they... They will be allowed to the legislation at the outset, but you know whether it be just per management uh, or you know the relationship with the tenant changes, they end up with a, a tenant that's protected, which can become a real issue then when they're trying to recover vacant possession.
0: Just outside then from the tenant side, um, well I suppose we because we act for both landlords on tenants, what is the procedure for a landlord to actually practically terminate a business tenancy?
1: It's not probably for today's discussion, but there are ways that if a tenant is in, like, in persistent breach of the lease, you know they're in substantial uh, arrears, for example, haven't paid their rent, their service charge, or uh, have failed to repair the property. There is the capacity for a landlord to go down the route of you know, forfeiture action and uh, you know, try to, to recover possession. We would have to defer to some of our litigation colleagues to get into that in, in greater detail, but you know, where you have a situation that uh, there hasn't been a, a breach like that by a tenant and it's just simply a landlord wants to bring the current uh, arrangement to an end, the landlord is entitled to serve uh, a notice on the tenant trying to, to determine the lease basically specify a date upon which uh, hypothetically they they want the lease to come to an end. Now the legislation rather than getting into the the technical detail around it, the legislation is really prescriptive in relation to the the timing of that notice and the dates to be specified you know for the the termination of the the tenancy and that's something obviously you know we assist clients with and uh you know ensuring they comply with the procedure but that basically sets the ball rolling in terms of trying to determine a tenancy under yeah. the, the, the business tenancies order the position is that basically once one party serves a notice the other can't so if you yeah. have a tenant who you know has overlooked maybe taken advice uh in relation to uh, their their ongoing occupation, and they do end up receiving then a, a notice to determine the next steps. Would be then them challenging that uh, that notice through the the Land's Tribunal if agreement can't be reached with the, the landlord uh, around vacating. So really,
0: our takeaway from that is in any of those circumstances, whether you're the landlord or the tenant, the first board of call is to consult a solicitor. Yes. Yeah. It's so easy for it to go wrong. We've seen it so many times.
1: Yeah, the, the the common pitfall now is where people understand that they look at a lease and they think that automatically you've a term referred to in a lease as 10 years and they just assume that the 10 years is up and that's that but the key principles of the legislation is that a lease to which the business tenancies order applies cannot come to an end unless it's it's terminated either by the landlord serving a notice to determine or a tenant requesting uh, a new lease or the you new know, landlord and tenant possibly agreeing a, a surrender of the, the property or the tenant no longer wishing to remain in the property and just serving a notice at the end of the lease to the landlord to say that they're going to vacate. Uh, we find that even where you know people are alive to the, the protection afforded by the legislation, you'll then find defects if they've attempted to serve their own notices uh, in relation to the, the dates and, yes, you know, the parties and the, the... That's
0: common and you have people that don't realise the time limits and they'll come at the very last minute. So I think the key is getting the time in right and doing it in plenty of notice, giving plenty of notice and doing it in plenty of time. So.
1: Oh, you're definitely correct, Lindsay, because especially if you have a, a, a relationship between a landlord and a tenant, which has maybe became a bit fractious over the, the years. And uh, you have a landlord who's keen to recover possession and a tenant really keen to, to remain. You could get into difficulties in relation to trying to to ensure your know, proper service of the notice, That's and the you know if the, the the timing isn't monitored carefully, then you can put uh, either of the, the parties into a difficult uh, difficult position. The other thing as well is that in relation to timing is that a landlord needs to give careful thought to the the reason uh, if they're not prepared to grant a new lease. The reason that they intend to rely on uh, yes. for a recovering possession. So the, the legislation sets out a, a number of grounds which landlords will seek to, to rely on. These can vary uh, depending on the individual circumstances. The most common one that we see where a landlord's not prepared to grant a new lease is where the landlord wants the property back for the purposes of redevelopment. We normally look at the, the grounds, there's fault grounds and non-fault grounds so a landlord will sometimes refer to these fault grounds. These are for example You know, a tenant has been naughty over the years, hasn't paid the rent when they were meant to, and uh, alluded to earlier issues around repair. The difficulty for a landlord, though, relying on those grounds, is that the tenant can possibly remedy the breach, and it's a bit harder then for them to to rely on that for the purposes of recovering possession. With the redevelopment ground, uh, it's maybe important to point out, or as well any of the other statutory non-fault grounds, that you know, the onus is on the the landlord, you know, to prove that ground that they're seeking to rely on. So if we we take the redevelopment ground, have they got planning permission? Yeah, uh, it's not
0: just as simple as saying I plan to redevelop. But that's you're exactly right. That is a good point to note. Yeah, and the issues in
1: this jurisdiction around the length of time it takes to get planning. Exactly. Uh, we, we've seen through COVID uh, that the the timeline has has been pushed out further. We've also seen issues around NI water and, uh, you know, infrastructure challenges and things like that that uh, can delay that process. So, you know, if you're advising a a, a landlord, we would normally uh, uh, suggest to them that, you know, they make sure that you know they have those proofs well under underway another one that can come into the equation would be you know is the landlord you know is the intention real to to redevelop you know, it's not can,
0: just a smoke screen
1: that's correct because you could have a landlord who has agreed to, to sell uh, a property verbally you know subject to getting planning permission subject to getting, you know, vacant possession and uh, at the end does beg the, the question, you know, what is the the true intention, you know, we've seen now the, the ground that sometimes a landlord can rely on uh, where they intend to occupy the premises for their own purposes. We've seen the tribunal drill down into the landlord's intention, you know, their ability to, to run a similar business for example, what has their experience been There's one particular case that we had seen going through the tribunal, which related to an amusement arcade. Mm -hmm. And whilst the the landlord did have a a history in that business, still struggled to to demonstrate to the tribunal that there was a real genuine intention to to operate the premises themselves. So whether it be one of those uh, grounds or any of the others. Now, a, a landlord uh, you know, would need to ensure that they are taking advice, that they're not premature in serving their, their notice. Uh, you know, if they have a managing agent, you know, we have a number of uh, agents now in in Belfast and beyond uh, that are extremely knowledgeable in relation to serving the notices and the attention to detail that we that we see in in those uh, notices and the drafting of them that's that is you know such an important aspect of the the process but the the evolving case law that sometimes we see in this area it's important then alongside
0: You need both. Yeah, you're right. You need the legal input as well.
1: Yeah, so the procedural, you know, those procedural requirements, you know, whether it be a managing agent or whether it be a solicitor that's dealing with it are crucial. But also actually understanding that, you know, if an agreement can't be reached amicably between a landlord and tenant, what's the the likely position to be, you know, in in a hearing before the lands tribunal and, you know, what difficulties you can be avoided whether you're acting for a landlord or, or a tenant. So that's, again, you mentioned uh, earlier that, yeah, at an early stage, you know, take, take some advice on it. The, the last thing that you, you really want to see happening to your client is that you know, rather than dealing with the substantive issue, there's a, a point taken by the other party in relation to, you know, meeting the initial requirements of the legislation, whether that be around the wording of the, the, the notice or, or otherwise. So it's, uh, it, it's sensible, you know, to ensure that those things are boxed off, which means that you can get down to the detail of talking about, you know, is there you know possibly a financial arrangement that can be reached, you know, yeah. where a landlord does want the, the property back. One thing we haven't touched on is that a landlord's notice to determine doesn't always refer to a requirement uh, to get possession back of the property. The purposes can simply be that the landlord maybe has been in discussions with the tenant in relation to renewal of a lease. Those discussions maybe haven't came to to anything and they want to bring the current lease to an end and grant a new lease. Whether that be at the at the same term or otherwise at a different rent, and the the discussion then is in relation to the the rent and the the terms of that that renewal. And right. again, if the procedure is followed, it allows them for for engagement uh, between expert valuers rather than it being a a landlord or a tenant racking up. Legal cause, mm. you know, it's, it's more we're, we're all around. yeah, we're facilitating a, a, a discussion. You know, if they can't get get agreement, uh, any earlier in the in the process.
0: mean right, just before we finish up, um, I'm conscious that we've spoken an awful lot about the landlord serving notice, but what about instances where we have a tenant that actually wants to stay on in possession of the premises? Is there anything they can do?
1: Yeah, t- tenants can approach this in, in in different ways. You know, sometimes if you have uh, depends on the, the particular sector, but you know, if a tenant is sitting looking at you know, rents, you know going up around them, you know new leases been granted, you know with price per square foot possibly way in excess of what they are paying, they they may actually sit back and do nothing. And uh, the the fear obviously is that the landlord then in turn serves a notice on them and they lose a degree of control over the direction of the yeah. the, the process but they're, they're aware though that if they serve a, a, a notice that it's likely to lead to an increase in rent. So the notice that we're talking about there is really a, a tenant looking to bring the lease to an end but requesting a new lease yeah. and on what terms they would like that new lease to, to be so for a tenant, uh, it may be that they, they want to serve that to try and get that uh, security tied down and, uh, you know, to, to know that there's certainty around that. And yeah, that rather land- than the
0: landlord saying, yes, we'll discuss it down the line. Yeah,
1: that, that that's correct. And the other thing as well is from a landlord's point of view, you know, depending on market conditions, that might dictate whether they, you know, basically let the the tenant sit and, and overhold under the, the lease. So... There is uh, we we act for several tenants who will expedite the the process and want to to control really the the the, the starting rent proposed and uh, yeah. to to uh, you know have their their own experts engaged at at uh, an earlier occasion uh, in the process.
0: And again, that's something we can assist with.
1: Yes, definitely. You know, we we act for both landlords and tenants and, you know, strategically, you know, we can give clients uh, a steer as to what the the best direction is
0: for them. Maria, that was really great. Thanks so much. Um, And if you are affected by anything that Maria and I have discussed today, by all means, please contact us. If you are interested in any of our upcoming interactive insights, keep an eye on MKB Law's social media channels.